feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. It is incredible. We've all seen the video of bodega worker Jose Alba getting assaulted by this ex-con who was on parole. And you see it in the video. It's clear as day. You know, to me, I couldn't believe we actually had, what, was it one or two of you who called last week? And I think it was one who said, it doesn't look like self-defense. I don't know what you were drinking, but the rest of us saw that it looked pretty clear it was absolutely self-defense. And if you see the video, it is disturbing. Here's this New York City bodega owner. He's just doing his job. Somebody's trying to rip him off. He tries to stop it. And then soon afterwards, the woman's boyfriend, again, this guy who was out on parole for attacking a police officer, mind you, And he comes over and shoves him, grabs his neck, pushes him. And it is stunning. And I am so happy. And in just about a few minutes, we're going to have here on the show, New York City Democratic Councilman Bob Holden of Queens, because he is among a number of folks, elected officials and others, who are demanding that soft on crime DA Alvin Bragg drop his case against the bodega clerk. Because this, to me, is shameful. Here we are tonight, and Jose Alba is charged with second-degree murder. He luckily got out on a lowered bail. Again, basically no thanks to D.A. Alvin Bragg, who originally put it at half a million bucks and then finally got pressured and he dropped it lower. But he hasn't dropped the charges. He's standing by those charges. And the woman who was with the ex-con who stabbed Alba multiple times. You see it. He he got stabbed a number of times by her. And it wasn't like self-defense or anything like that. It was just anger and rage. Guess what? She hasn't been charged with anything. Right now, as of now, the only person charged is the bodega guy who is defending himself. So to me, it just epitomizes what is so wrong with the New York City justice system. And this weekend, we heard from Fernando Mateo, United Bodegas of America Workers Union. And this is what he had to say, speaking out in defense of Jose Alba, who is just a hardworking guy trying to defend his store. And suddenly he gets viciously attacked. He stabs the guy. It looks like the guy is about to, like, throw him against the store. I mean, if you look at it, he grabs him, grabs his neck. He's just defending himself. And now he's the only one facing charges. This is crazy. Listen to the United Bodegas of America representative. Our city is in crisis. And at this point, we are just fed up with people robbing, looting, attacking, assaulting, killing uh, our small uh, business owners. And then Mateo had a little bit more to say. He said, listen, the proof is in the pudding. There is a videotape. Can you imagine if there was no videotape? If there was no videotape, this guy would be like locked up in Rikers, the bodega guy, and thrown away the key. It's only because there's a video, because it doesn't look like Alvin Bragg trusts anything he says, even though you can see it with your own plain eyes. Here's a little bit more of Fernando Mateo with the Bodega Workers Union defending 
Jose Alba, who was just a hardworking guy trying to make ends meet. They heard that Mr. Alba was not being aggressive at all. They basically heard this guy and the wife saying that they're going to F him up, you know, and um, and it all just escalated. And then tonight, just a little bit ago, we heard from the New York Post, they put out a video that shows not only was he defending himself, Jose Alba, in the video that we saw earlier, because it was pretty clear, other than that one loony caller that I got here on the show. And I want to hear, is there anybody else who thinks that it wasn't self-defense? Because I definitely want to hear from you. And we're looking at the video, and we're seeing, and we're going, wait, 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 wait. It clearly looks like the guy comes behind the counter, and he pushes him, he grabs his neck, he shoves him, does all this stuff. Now, this new video, and I want to play this for you. You guys will hear it. You hear not only was Jose Alba defending himself, he was trying to de-escalate the situation. There's a new video that just came out again by the New York Post, and it shows that Alba basically sees the guy coming around, and he doesn't say, oh, I'm like instigate him or anything. If anything, he says, I don't want any problems. I don't want a problem with you. He's really trying to like calm the guy down and saying, listen, buddy, just please leave. I don't want any trouble. You know, uh, let's not have any problems here. Take a listen and you'll hear it as well, too. And is there any doubt in your mind after this that it was self-defense? Wow. I don't want any problem with you. I don't want any problem. Please leave. It's not like he's saying I'm going to blank you up or I'm coming for you. You didn't hear any of that. Not that we thought we would if you base it on the video. But it just further confirms it. And tonight, D.A. Alvin Bragg, one of the softest D.A.s in the country on crime, Soros back, is still sticking by his charges. Uh, It is outrageous. What do you make of the fact that the D.A. at this moment is still standing by the charges? He's not dropping the charges. And already there are so many people who are coming out, including some Democrats, who are saying this needs to stop, these charges need to stop. Can you believe that Alvin Bragg at this moment is still standing by it, hasn't said, hey, we made a mistake, maybe we've got to look at things. He hasn't even charged the woman who stabbed the bodega worker after she saw him, you know, assault the guy. So she stabs him just out of anger, not out of self-defense, and she's walking free tonight. This, to me, is outrageous. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. And to me, this epitomizes this pathetic criminal justice system that we have in New York City. This is shameful that there have been no charges against the woman who just, out of anger, stabs the bodega worker after he's trying to defend himself. She's walking free. Thank you, Alvin Bragg. And the bodega worker, as of this moment, still has second-degree murder charges. That could be 15 to 25 years behind bars. This is outrageous. 1-800-848-9222. And joining us now is New York City Councilman from Queens, Democrat Bob 
Holden, Congressman, uh, Councilman. I gave you a gave you a promotion there, Councilman. <laughs> Great to have you with no, us, thank Councilman. Thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah, you don't want that's an insult these days, right? Sorry about that. Right. I don't want to be there either. But you know, this is um, this is outrageous. I mean, you described it very uh, accurately. And don't forget that you know the, the poor worker Jose Alba was is sixty one years old, and Austin Simon is thirty five or was thirty five and you know what when you go behind a counter and you start pushing um a person the the storekeeper or the clerk and you have a, an arrest record. I mean, he, he like you mentioned, he, he attacked a police officer. He did time in jail. Um, he's been arrested for assault. Um, this guy was not a nice person. And, you know, you, you go behind the counter and you start attacking that individual. And, by the way, New York Penal Law 3515 allows that a person may kill in self-defense if the actor reasonably believes that such other person and the other person coming beyond the counter is about to use deadly physical force. Now you shove somebody like he was shoving, and then he put his hands, Mr. Simon put his hands around Mr. Alba's neck. Um, and also, if you believe that the person is going to commit a robbery against you, you also can use deadly force. So come on. Um, Alvin Bragg should be removed as a DA. I said this for a while now, and we're going to call many of us in the council, there's about seven of us now, are going to call on the governor to remove uh, Bragg. He's got to go. He has to go. And Councilman Robert Holden of New York, Democrat again, um, have you had any discussions with the governor? And what do you think the governor is going to do? Because originally she came out when there were other issues with Alvin Bragg. Of course, this to me just is is so horrible and epitomizes his philosophy. But early on, she said we're going to, quote, cut him some slack. So do you 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 have any faith um, that she's going to change? I don't have faith that she's going to change. And that's why, you know, she shouldn't be reelected if she's going to leave a D.A. like Bragg in power to continue to do what he's done. Everybody remembers when he took office last year, he said he put out a memo. Do you remember that? He says the following charges will not be prosecuted under any circumstances. And then he lists various crimes, including, listen to this, resisting arrest, trespassing, driving without a license, and other laws that routinely help you know, round up career criminals who have no respect for the law. And he said he would reduce other charges for, you know, for serious crimes, including knife point robbery, burglaries, weapons possession, and low-level drug dealing. This is the kind of guy we need as a Manhattan DA. Are you kidding? Especially when New York is trying to come out from a pandemic and, we, and you know, obviously crime is through the roof. You need somebody like this in office? No. And the governor should recognize this. And, you know, we drafted a letter and we're going to deliver it to the governor's office probably within the next day or so. If he doesn't, if Bragg doesn't reduce the charges um, that calling on the governor, the governor has to remove this guy, Bragg. He's got to go. Period. It is shocking. I mean, and to me, this just epitomizes. You heard also the fact that the woman who stabbed Jose Alba hasn't been charged. What's your reaction to the fact he was in Rikers. Um, only really public pressure got the bail reduced because they weren't planning on reducing it. You could tell it was half a million, as you know, at first, and then it went down to 50. Um, but the fact that she hasn't been charged with anything, what does that say to you, Councilman, about our justice system? 
But that says that it's not the justice system. It's D.A. Bragg. I mean, he did. He let a serial offender, Tyrell Roger, out um, when um, he was arrested for armed robbery. Armed robbery. He was he was arrested. He let him out, and then he later uh, allegedly used the same gun to kill a man. And and the list goes on. Uh, Hassan Correa, a military veteran and a married father of three, was beaten and stabbed to death. Alvin Bragg gave. That the one assailant only a year in prison, and and uh, and, and again it goes the list goes on uh, that the, Bragg's done without this case by the way, without the the case uh, of charging Alba, Bragg should have been removed. He should have been removed when he issued that memo. That just tells you know perps, hey, you're going to have free reign in New York City, and go ahead, I'm not going to charge you. So what does that say? People rob stores constantly in New York City, especially Manhattan. There's all sorts of uh, crime going on on the streets. They don't fear that they're going to go to jail. And the revolving door continues with Mr. Bragg, so he has to go. And he, I, I, we, we run out of patience at all for this guy. Yeah, and what is it doing to, I think, you know, the greatest city in the world, uh, New York? Um, you see it over and over again, and criminals are just feeling emboldened. Right. And, and again, um, this, the, the Mayor Adams is trying to bring us back to those, you know, the good old days where we remember where crime was down. You could walk the streets and not, you know, fear that you're going to get hit over the head. He's trying, but it's never going to work if you have not only DAs like uh, Bragg, but then you have also judges that are very lenient and that are not going to consider how dangerous these individuals are. So the state really needs to get busy. The governor needs to get busy. Our, our state elected officials certainly have to. And my colleagues in the city council, we shouldn't just have seven counties. Council members calling for um, obviously Jose Albert to to be free. Uh, he shouldn't have done five days in jail at all, or one day in jail. Uh, he defended himself, and this is this is the kind of justice that DA uh, Alvin Bragg is dishing out. That's not justice. Again, he's it's it's like the bizarro world, this upside down world that we're living in with DA Bragg and, and other judges and other politicians too. Yeah, absolutely. It is like the twilight zone, and everybody we're talking to New York City Councilman Robert Holden of Queens, a Democrat. Um, Councilman, I want to ask you, too, about the New York uh, City Bodega Group with uh, Fernando Mateo leading it. It says that the Big Apple should adopt sort of a local version of Florida's stand-your-ground law after this case. What's your reaction to that? Absolutely, absolutely. People should be able to defend themselves, especially a bodega worker. It's a difficult job. You see how many people come in, and you don't know. Just uh, if you have 100 300, 400 people come in 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 a day, just one person. Uh, Again, they could be mentally ill or they could just be obviously bad people. And you have to now diffuse the situation. You have so many people coming at you. And it was just a matter of time uh, that this is going to happen. And and again, uh, I feel sorry for Jose Alba, but we have to, it's up to us, law-abiding citizens, to say enough's enough. This guy should was defending himself. He should not, should not be charged with murder, too. That's ridiculous. It'll never stand up in court. Alvin Bragg is in the twilight zone, as yeah. you said. He's in the twilight zone. I agree. I 1,000% agree. It is so great to have you on here, Councilman Bob Holden, um, who's such a great advocate for New York City and for the citizens of New York City. Thank you for all you do. Thank you, Rita. Thanks so much. Thank you. It's great to have you here.
New York Councilman Bob Holden of Queens, a Democrat, who is, as you just heard, among seven uh, that are actually drafting a letter that within the next day or so will go to Governor Kathy Hochul saying it is time to fire Alvin Bragg, the soft on crime DA. What's your reaction, everybody? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. To me, it is unbelievable that at this moment, the woman who stabbed the guy, this is the woman who stabbed the bodega worker, hasn't been charged with anything. And there's a report that just came out a minute or two ago in the New York Post that basically says that Bragg thinks the woman was defending herself. She's behind the counter and comes over and starts stabbing him. How is that defense? And yet he's not seeing self-defense for Jose Alba, the video we all saw. I agree with the councilman. It is like the Twilight Zone. This is nuts. And this D.A. has to go. He should have been gone, should have been gone the minute he was elected. I mean, to me, it was so clear when he listed the charges that he was not going to go for. And now we are seeing New York City and so many cities across this country upside down. Thank you, George Soros. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. It's the Rita Cosby Show. A little Billy Idol here on the Rita Cosby Show on this Monday night. And it does feel a bit like the Twilight Zone, as we were just saying. Where's Rod Serling? We need him, right? Because I'm telling you, it is like it's unbelievable what's been going on. And now we just heard in the last few minutes that, according to the New York Post, D.A. Bragg believes that the woman who then went after the bodega worker because he was trying to defend himself and then she stabbed him, that she was defending herself, but the the bodega worker wasn't. Uh, This, to me, is insanity times 1,000. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Alex on line one. Alex, your thoughts about this. This, to me, is amazing that this DA is not budging. It's like... What what is he looking at? What video is he looking at? Because it's not looking at what we're looking at, Alex. Yeah, the Democrats like to make laws. They don't like to enforce the laws. And this is just another example of the Democrats being on the side of the criminals while being against the law-abiding citizens that are just trying to protect themselves. And I think the reason why they're so pro the criminals is because they think that successful people and law-abiding citizens are undeserving of being successful because they're not like the criminals who are what they believe are victims of society where really most of them are just victims of decisions bad decisions that they made throughout their lives so the democrats think they have to stick up for the criminals and that's why they're letting them get away with all of this while the law-abiding citizens they think are undeserving of having a good a good life and that's why they're making it so hard for the law-abiding citizens. You know what's interesting, Alex, though, if you look at the video, I mean, you see this guy, um, first of all, I agree with you. I think that's part of the philosophy, uh, especially of these Soros-backed DAs, and including Alvin Bragg, who got a lot of money from George Soros, as did a lot of these other soft-on-crime DAs across the country. But if you look at the video, too, 
This guy, um, Jose Alba, is just a hardworking, he's an immigrant. He came from Dominican Republic. He's been here 30 years. He's hardworking. It's not like uh, this is like a, a privileged class, if you will. I mean, this is like he's working hard. He's there at midnight on a Friday night trying to make ends meet at a time where so many of these stores are being robbed. And all he did was say, you know, please don't take the potato chips to the girlfriend's daughter. She was trying to get, remember, the money didn't come through. And then he deserves to get attacked for that. It's like, like, this is so sad because this is somebody who's just trying to do the right thing. He's hardworking, just trying to do the right thing. And this is the punishment to me, Alex. It's, it is so antithetical to what America's all about, Alex. Yeah, but he, he worked hard and he wasn't a victim. And so they think if he wasn't a victim, then, you know, tough luck on him. Yeah, they don't got to help him out. Boy, isn't that sad? But I think you you hit a great point, Alex. Thank you very much for the call. And what, the victim, everybody, is the ex-con who was on parole for assaulting a police officer? That's the victim. The victim who came behind the counter and got into the guy's face and tried to choke him and push him? That's the victim? Where is the justice? Rita Cosby is on. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the show where we honor our great men and women in law enforcement because we appreciate you so very much. A powerful story coming from Fulton County, Georgia. Deputy Nicholas Reynolds, who has been a negotiator for the sheriff's office for two and a half years, was hailed as a hero for saving the life of a woman in a serious crisis. It happened at the end of last month. A woman was sitting on the edge of a roof. She was naked. And he said, my concern was not about my safety. I knew I had other deputies around me. We just had to do whatever we could to help get her off the roof safely. Now, the woman was yelling in Portuguese, and it became clear that she didn't speak English to communicate Imagine how difficult that must have been. So police brought in a Spanish speaker from the solicitor's office. We were able to communicate a little bit because some of the words sound the same in Portuguese and Spanish. And I tried to calm her down. The distressed woman saw one of the officers had a sandwich and asked that officer to throw it to her. Then the woman then demanded that Officer Reynolds remove his shirt safety vest, and also his weapons. She said, I had 60 seconds to eat the sandwich, he recounted, and I was just trying to build her confidence, so I ate it quickly. As the woman reached for Reynolds' discarded vest, other deputies came from behind to pull the woman from the ledge. And the officer said, I was so relieved when it was all over, but it just comes down to staying calm and having good training. Furthermore, uh, the Fulton County Sheriff Patrick Labatt said, in my eyes, Deputy Reynolds is a hero. They all are. There were so many unknowns out there, and they did exactly what they had to do to save this woman. What a great, great story. By the way, I was just watching The Negotiator the other night. I was like glued. It was a great, great movie with uh, Samuel L. Jackson, I think. Um, It was awesome. So if you haven't seen that movie, it is great. And what these negotiators do is just so incredible and so powerful and how they have the patience and the psychology. And uh, it's great that we're able to shine a light on them in the great Fulton County of Georgia, beautiful county, which I love. Meantime, we are talking about 
the justice or lack of justice that's happened in this bodega case. And we're talking about Jose Alba, who, by the way, tonight put out a word saying that he is so sorry for what happened, that he feels really bad about what happens because it wasn't his intent to go after this guy, but the guy came after him and you see it in the video. And meanwhile, the New York City bodega worker says, quote, he feels very sad over the fatal stabbing. And he says, please forgive me. I feel, you know, he felt bad. He had to defend himself. So here he is apologizing. And yet we're not even hearing anything from, first of all, the family of the guy, the ex-con who was on parole for assaulting an officer. Again, the woman hasn't said anything. And in fact, she hasn't even been charged. This is the woman who stabbed the guy after he was defending himself against her crazy boyfriend. So, I mean, it gets nuttier, but what's really cuckoo is this Alvin Bragg. And you just heard from Councilman Bob Holden, Democrat, who's among seven, who is sending a letter to the governor, Governor Kathy Hochul, saying, time to not cut Alvin Bragg any more slack. It is time to fire this man. And I think it's a really powerful message. I 1,000% agree. I don't understand why she didn't fire him day one. I understand maybe day one why she cut him slack on day one. But after day two or three, when he put out that list that the councilman was talking about, where he reduced the charges and in many cases said, we're not even going to prosecute a number of really serious crimes. When he came out on day one, it's just like George Gascon did. George Gascon in L.A. came out with the same thing. As soon as he got into office, it was like a badge of honor that they came out and said, here are the things we're not going to go after. We're not going to go after assault. We're not going to go. Are you kidding me? Like when Gascon said that, it was like, like, is this guy, is this guy for real that he is a prosecutor? He and Alvin Bragg and so many of these soft on crime DAs across the country are acting more like defense attorneys. The fact that he has so much more sympathy for a repeat offender, ex-con, who is out on parole for assaulting an officer and seems to have no sympathy for this bodega worker who is just trying to defend himself. And then the woman who comes over and starts stabbing him, she's walking around, no problem tonight. And the word is that we're just hearing in the last few minutes is that Alvin Bragg is saying that that woman was just doing self-defense. She went over to the bodega worker afterwards and was stabbing him. He never was going after her. How was, how was that self-defense on her part? This is just nutty. This is unbelievable. Take a listen. First off, this is Fernando Mateo. He, Mateo, he is running. Uh, he was running, remember, uh, for mayor of New York City. And Fernando, who is head of the United Bodegas of America group, had this to say because he is joining the councilman and others saying this is time for reality. And this is what needs to happen to this hardworking bodega worker. Take a listen. We believe that Jose Alba's charges should all be dropped, murder charges and any charges that he's being charged with, because it's the right thing to do. It is 1,000 percent the right thing to do. And to me, this case epitomizes everything that is upside down with these soft on crime DAs. We just have to get them out of office and have people who care about law and order. They need to be either recalled where there's the ability to do so 
or they need to be removed, as they could be in New York, by the governor. So she better step up. It is so important. But D.A. Bragg over the weekend was asked, is there a chance that maybe you'll drop the charge? Is there a chance that maybe you made a mistake? Uh Uh-uh. Take a listen to what D.A. Alvin Bragg said. You know, public safety uh, you know, is, is my, my top priority. You know, I mean, you know, shootings and homicides are down Manhattan year to date, and that we're focused on on that uh, uh, like a laser. Um, you know, it's an ongoing matter, so I can't comment too much. You know, as you said, that you know the case was um, you know brought into us. Uh, you know, after the NYPD arrest presented as a murder, we we, we maintain that charge in, in court. Um, the next uh, you know phase is we're continuing to investigate uh, going forward, and I can't really talk a lot about that. Um, but, um, you know, that that's that's what we do. We kind of, you know, uh, receive matters after there's been uh, um, an incident uh, and we assess. We talk to witnesses, we view evidence, uh, you know, and we are in that in that phase now. You know, we worked with uh, defense counsel from the beginning, you know, to, to sort of uh, arrange for a bail package. And so now he's uh, not in custody as we continue to investigate uh, this serious matter. Yeah, we're just kind of dragging our feet. And we don't see anything wrong. We're looking at the video and we're feeling sorry for the repeat offender who just got out for assaulting a cop and was basically maybe on the verge of killing Jose Alba based on some of the video that we have clearly seen where he pushed him and he shoved him. And the new video that just came out a little bit ago shows Jose Alba saying, I don't want any problems, buddy. He comes behind the counter and he's like, listen, buddy, you know, I don't want any trouble. You know, basically, please go away. Please leave me alone is basically you see it. He's like, please, please, please. And the guy lunges for him. And so Jose Alba is to blame. If anything, there is zero doubt. There was no doubt in my mind when I saw the first video. But now it's like thousand percent. Not only should charges be dropped, D.A. Alvin Bragg should be fired. And he owes Jose Alba an apology and other victims that he has treated as second-class citizens. And take a listen. This is defense attorney Pat Tillum, who was on PIX11, and he basically said, remember at first when Alvin Bragg set the bail at half a million dollars for this? He said, this just shows the Soros-minded mentality of Alvin Bragg and these other soft-on-crime DAs across America. I mean, this almost appears to be a war on law-abiding New Yorkers. Here's a man who's working 12, 13 hours a day, according to the reports I've read, and uh, not making a lot of money working in a bodega, uh, literally just trying to go to work, no criminal record, doing what he has to do to support his family. And then all of a sudden, this person with a criminal record, a violent criminal record who served time in prison, comes in the back, attacks him, and... uh, the presumption of guilt goes out, the, the presumption of innocence goes out the window, and essentially this person is incarcerated uh, with, on very high bail, uh, even though he, nothing's been proven yet. Yeah, it is stunning. What a sorry case of justice in New York City. And I hate to say it, I'm not surprised. I am really not surprised because this DA has been so sympathetic to criminals, repeat offenders. And continues to maintain his position. Every time they've asked him to, hey, do you have any regrets? Or do you make- No, no. Oh, no. What we're doing is great. I don't know what you're talking about. I, I mean, is he like, is he on Mars? Is he like programmed for like some other world that we just don't see when you see skyrocketing crime in New York and elsewhere? It's this mindset that contributes to it. And we need to get rid of him. 
the governor needs to get this guy out. And especially, by the way, if she wants to win, she has, you know, she has an election coming up. They've, she's got a biggie against Lee Zeldin in November. So you don't you think if I'm Lee Zeldin and he was on our show the other day, I would just play it over and over again. This is the campaign video for Lee Zeldin, who is running up against Governor Hochul. You just play that video over and over again and say she had a chance to get rid of this guy over and over again. And she kept saying, I want to cut him some slack. I want to cut him some slack. She has to think about if she wants to represent New York and New Yorkers are fed up. And look what happened in San Fran. They recalled that guy in a Democratic, heavy Democratic city. And so Kathy Hochul has to think about New Yorkers and think about their interest and their protection and their safety. It's the right thing to do. And she better also do it, I think, for political reasons. But first and foremost, for safety and security of New Yorkers. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to BJ on line one. BJ, your thoughts about all this, my friend? Well, uh, thanks for having me on, uh, Rita. There is no Kathy Hochul firing uh, Alvin Bragg. The only way that Alvin Bragg will step down is if Lee Zeldin uh, gets elected and fires him himself. Uh, This is uh, starting to look really bad. Uh, It's starting to look like these two characters uh, had uh, one thing in mind, and that was to menace and probably rob this poor uh, owner. Uh, this poor guy. And uh, I really do believe that uh, I don't know where Lee Zeldin is. I mean, I 16 percent of the people showed up to, for the primary. I don't know. He, he he won the primary. He went down the rabbit hole. I don't know where he is. Well, he'll, uh, he he'll, by the out. way, he was on our show last week. He was on the show here and he repeated exactly what you just said, because when he was in the debate, um, all of the GOP candidates essentially said that they would get rid of Alvin Bragg. And he did repeat that on the show with with us last week. Uh, but you're right. He needs to get out there over and over again. He is speaking out about it to to his credit. But I I agree with you. He could speak out even more because to me, if we don't feel safe, nothing matters. Nothing it's matters. Over. Yeah, it's if, over. If, if we don't if we don't uh, f- folks, if we don't vote this person out of office Come November, you can look forward to Alvin Bragg getting nice and comfy and working towards his pension because he's not going anywhere. He believes he's on a mission. He said so from the day one. He had this crazy manifesto, which he he talked about, uh, you know, restorative justice and all this stuff. He told everyone who he was day one. And I don't know if anyone was listening. I was listening, and I knew whomever won the mayor's race that year that guy was going to have a tough time with this DA because this guy had it all mapped out. He thinks that uh, justice is is uh, upside down and the criminals should be uh, sprung because they were wrongfully convicted. And uh, the, the the whole state is uh, – and city, the whole system is racist and stacked against poor minorities and all this social justice warrior garbage. This all comes from George Soros. Uh, they have handpicked and funded all of these woke DAs all around the country, and we're at their mercy unless we rise up and take our power back at the ballot box, period. That's all I got to say. I love you, Rita. I love you, VJ. Thank you very much. Great points, my friend. Let's go to Joe um, on Line 8 in New Jersey. Uh, Joe, your thoughts about Alvin Bragg? <laughs> I'm going to be a little hard on him. I think the proper procedure 
He's not doing his job. The law, the, uh, the, uh, it's on the books that he should have uh, charged uh, the guy, and uh, and the other man should have been free. Well, the other guy's so not around, think, by the way. The other guy, remember, was stabbed. Uh, you know, was no, was uh, killed. The woman too. I mean, yeah, the, the woman. woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the fact that and, the woman. And, can you believe that, Joe? He, the woman is not charged at this moment. He's he is actually saying, according to this story in the New York Post, that he is maintaining that that woman was self-defense and and jose alba wasn't i I mean this to me is mars rita this is incredible this man is not doing his job he should be jailed himself he should be put in jail he should be fired and jailed because i think that would come under malfeasance yeah that's an interesting point Uh, joe let me ask you why do you think joe that kathy hochel the governor has so far as of yet refused to, to even, like, criticize him, basically. Because that's their program. That's their agenda. That's the way they think. I don't think she's going to do anything. Yeah, and I I, I don't think so either. But I think it's going to come back to bite her big time. You know, I think that people are fed up around this country, around, you know, New York. We've seen it in so many cities across America I brought up the case, Joe, of San Francisco, because in San Francisco, it's a huge Democratic city. It's probably one of the biggest Democratic cities, uh, you know, even more so than even New York. Uh, If you look at probably the numbers, at least comparable at minimum. Um, And if you look at that, they did a major recall of their DA there. You can't do a recall here. But I bet you if there was a recall, I think at this point, Alvin Bragg would be voted out. But shame on Kathy Hochul. I hope that uh, she does the right thing. I just I doubt it, too, right now, too. I doubt it because she doesn't want to offend, uh, you know, her constituents. She doesn't want to offend other people. It's She's walking on political eggshells and she can't be playing politics with safety and security of New Yorkers. Uh, Joe, thank you very much. William, real quick on line six. William, your thoughts. Hey, what we got to understand is there is a bigger agenda behind the two individuals involved, Mr. Bragg. And uh, the, the the bodega worker, his name escapes me. Yep, Jose Alba. Yeah, and, and that is, I'll give you an historic example. How did the Bolsheviks collapse Russia? I'll tell you how. One of the one of the main salvos of that was they let the prisoners out, and they prosecuted law-abiding citizens. That caused a collapse of civil society, and that's what they're doing now. That's what the Democrat Party is doing now. That's why you have this guy named Soros, an admitted Nazi sympathizer, going around funding all these prosecutors. It is to cause the collapse of civil society, the collapse of America, so that we can be brought in to a one-world government, the one-world currency, and corporate fascist control. By the World Economic Forum, Bill Gates, Klaus Schwab, and the Bilderberg Group. Wow. William, you threw out a lot there. But you know what? You're right. It is like the inmates are running the asylum. You know, exactly. I mean, I mean, how scary is that? That's a really scary point, And that is sort of the first sort of breakdown of society. And we're seeing it left and right. And it's the wrong time. There's no right time for that, first off, uh, but it is far, you know, very much a wrong time, especially like in New York City, 37% increase in crime year to date, overall crime in New York City. Uh, this is the last thing New York City needs. Uh, and that's why I, I, you heard what I said. I said, thank you, George Soros, sarcastically, because you're right. He is behind so many of these DAs 
And for some reason, Democrats seem to be afraid. It's like it's almost like Biden's afraid of AOC. You see Kathy Hochul afraid of, you know, Alvin Bragg. It's like, oh, we can't. I, I mean, at some point, you just have to step back and say, we have to defend the citizens of New York. And that is the priority. You know, I mean, this is just it is insanity. Uh, William, thank you. Great points. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. It's The Rita Cosby Show. This is The Rita Cosby Show. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. We are talking about the New York City bodega worker, Jose Alba, who is still charged with second-degree murder, potentially facing 15 to 25 years. He's already spent some time in Rikers. And meanwhile, the woman who stabbed him after he had the altercation with the, the boyfriend, she's walking free. She hasn't been charged with anything. And according to uh, the New York Post... She is basically in the Bragg's mind. This is the D.A., the good old George Soros, soft on crime D.A., Alvin Bragg. Basically, she was defending herself. Huh? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to line six. Uh, Stan in Forest Hills. Hey, Stan, how are you? How are you? How are you? I hope you had a good weekend. I did. I, I did. And now it's a better day with you, Stan. Go I ahead, my friend. It. Okay, let's get to it. George Soros. Let's talk this out about Soros. Soros does not elect anybody. Okay, what he does is, like the Koch brothers or any other billionaire, even Casamitidis, you both, he contributes money to candidates he sees. Now, you're right. Absolutely. He contributes to progressives and so forth. Not all of them win. Now, this idiot won. Okay, but he has a right to do what he does. I'm not necessarily for it. But he can contribute money, and making him out to be the bad man isn't the story. Wait, the, wait, wait, wait. Stan, 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 hang on a second, because you are fired up, all right? So I got to explain, I got to answer one thing. You just talked about, yes, he does have a right to contribute, but we're seeing a pattern because he's giving a million bucks he gave to Gascon. That guy basically reduced all these charges. I'm happy to say you don't agree with some of the philosophy of Alvin Bragg. But if you look at the people who he is basically funding, these are people who are letting criminals out early. So to me, it's a very destructive pattern. Go ahead, Stan. I think uh, Bragg has an agenda, and it's a racial agenda. That's why I'm seeing it. It's looking that way. But here's the point. Uh, he, as I said, Soros can give whoever he wants. Yeah, and we can, and we can call him out for whoever we want him to. Rita, bring him on the show and talk to him. I'd love uh, to have him on the show. I, by the way, I actually was at a dinner one time years ago, and it was Ted Turner and George Soros, like about six or seven of us. I talked to George Soros over dinner. Uh, this is before I knew how loony Kazuni he was. We would have a real good conversation today because this was like uh, 10, 15, 20 years ago. Uh, boy, would I love to talk with him today. Uh, I think I would say, first off, use your money to defend the victims of crime and not to pay off these people who are just doing revolving door. It is shameful. And you're right, Stan. You know what? People voted for this Alvin Bragg, but people can also remove Alvin Bragg by putting pressure on the governor and saying, time's up. 
we got to have safe streets. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, and talk about this. And also, protests continuing against Supreme Court justices. Where is the White House? Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. In this hour, everybody, we're going to be talking about the fact that Democrats still refuse to condemn these protests that are taking place over Roe v. Wade and the ones that are surrounding Supreme Court justices. And what's been getting really dangerous is now these crazy groups are coming out and basically saying, we're going to offer money. If you tell us where so-and-so is, like if you have a Kavanaugh sighting or you have a Neil Gorsuch sighting or a Amy Coney Barrett sighting, you know, any of these Supreme Court justices that voted against keeping Roe v. Wade in place and sending it back to the states, well, if you can spot them, we'll give you money. And if it turns out to be correct, we'll give you some more money. It's like a bounty on their head. And to me, it is so scary the temperature, because people are so passionate on the other side, on this side of the folks who are upset about Roe v. Wade. And they're misinformed, too, because it's going back to the states. Now it's up to the states to decide. But they are so angry, and they're hearing the president of the United States and people like Pete Buttigieg, who really, they're just like, just churning it out. They are fueling the flames. And to me, it's really scary because we already had somebody who was planning to assassinate Brett Kavanaugh, remember, showed up at his house a couple of weeks ago. And now you've got this group not only protesting still around his house and elsewhere and other justices, they're showing up at the schools of some of these justices, these Supreme Court justices, trying to find out the schedule of their kids when they go to church, what restaurants they go to. We There was a case recently where protesters showed up at Morton Steakhouse. And bravo to Morton Steakhouse, by the way. It's a good steakhouse. I've been to that steakhouse there in D.C. And they basically said that they didn't think it was a good idea when the protesters showed up all in front of their steakhouse. How is that incentivizing people to come into the steakhouse? And Kavanaugh was so concerned he had to slip out the back door. Is that the way that Supreme Court justices, because they voted a way that maybe you don't agree with, that you have a right to, like, basically terrorize them at their home. And it's already, again, gotten serious, as I mentioned, with that potential assassination attempt. They arrested the guy outside the house. He had guns. He had knives. I mean, this is scary stuff. And now there's a group that's offering 50 bucks to $200 for you to come out. If you say, here's where so-and-so is, guess what? I'm at this restaurant. So-and-so's here. And then if you are correct and they're there when this group arrives to protest about them and in front of them or their family, then you get 200 bucks. I mean, this is really scary, crazy stuff. And what is the president of the United States doing? He's the president of the United States. And how outrageous. He needs to condemn this. And instead, 
He is fueling the flames. Take a listen. He was asked this weekend when he was on a bike. He didn't fall this time, but he stood up on the bike. But he did have this to say about the protests, and he didn't condemn them whatsoever. And, in fact, he encouraged it. Take a listen. Do you have a message, Mr. President, for women who were protesting outside the White House yesterday? Yes, keep protesting because keep making your point. It's critically important. We can do a lot of things to accommodate the rights of women in the meantime. But fundamentally, the only thing that's going to change this is if we have a national law that reinstates Roe v. Wade. That's the bottom line. Everything else, we can get pieces of it. And I'm trying to do that. Yeah, don't worry. Just keep on going. There's already been an assassination attempt against a Supreme Court justice. Can you imagine if it was Sonia Sotomayor, if it was one of the liberal Democrats that had anybody protesting anywhere near their homes or anything else? They would go crazy. And the fact that this president is allowing it and the White House is allowing it to me is really scary. Also, the Transportation Secretary, Pete Buttigieg, we're going to play some of his comments because his husband came out and was basically like saying, oh, what a shame, boo-hoo-hoo about Kavanaugh, you know, kidding, basically like saying it's a good idea. And when Buttigieg was on with uh, the folks on Fox News Sunday, he just stood by it, too. I mean, this is really scary. The fact that we have White House officials all the way up to the president saying this is a good idea. This, to me, is scary, and at some point, somebody needs to come out and say, you know what, if something happens to somebody and you fueled the flames, you're going to be responsible. I mean, to me, it is outrageous. It is so dangerous in this climate where emotions are so high and where we've already seen people show up at a justice's house and you don't say anything and the DOJ doesn't say anything, shame on them. Anyway, we're going to take your calls on that later on in the hour, because to me, it is so shocking that they have not said anything. And if anything, have been basically endorsing it and seem to be happy because it's ginning up their base. It's getting their base excited and they want anything to galvanize their base for the November midterm elections. And it doesn't matter how much safety and security is on the line. Meantime, speaking of safety and security, we are talking about this bodega worker in New York. Tonight, uh, the New York Post is talking about an interview. They had a discussion with him where he basically said, I didn't think this would happen. I feel very sorry. I'm sad about what happened. I'm sad to the family. I mean, this is a guy who clearly feels like he was just defending himself and feels bad that he had to take a life. And he said, I know what pain is. I ask that they forgive me because I didn't want to do that. You know, and yet, if you look at the video, he was doing it in self-defense. And yet on the other side, you got the woman who was stabbing him, the girlfriend who was trying to rob him earlier. She is not even charged with anything. I, I mean, this is just, it is so sheer insanity. And take a listen. This is defense attorney Pete Tillum uh, talking about the video that we have all seen. It does look like self-defense. You have to remember something, that when a person raises self-defense, the government has to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that it's not self-defense. And so the burden in this case, after watching that video, would be very, very hard to overcome for the prosecutor to prove that this was anything but self-defense. Right. And yet the word is now again tonight that this girlfriend of the ex-con, the one who was rushing 
and trying to grab and push Jose Alba, the 61-year-old bodega worker, that the woman who started stabbing him afterwards, coming after him, the bodega worker, she's not charged with anything. This is insane. Well, many uh, officials from all walks of life right now tonight are coming out and saying there should be a stand-your-ground law after this stabbing that took place. And remember, the stand-your-ground law made a lot of headlines in Florida. That was the time uh, with uh, the wannabe cop, uh, George Zimmerman, when he killed the 17-year-old Trayvon Martin. Remember, that happened in 2012. Can't believe it's been 10 years. And in that case, they cited the statute claiming that uh, Zimmerman feared for his life when he shot dead the unarmed teen. Now, remember, Zimmerman got off. And a lot of people are saying there should be a case like that. There should be a stand your ground. You have a right, if you felt in fear, to be able to get off uh, and to be able to, first of all, not be charged. And second of all, be able to defend yourself. And if you look at even the Trayvon Martin case, remember, you couldn't see everything there because the video wasn't that great. I remember that case very, very well. Um, And yet, if you look at this one, you see it pretty clearly what was going on. I mean, the video is very visible in this case. And in the case in Florida, remember, Zimmerman got off on the stand your ground law. So should there be one like that in New York? And if that's the case, this guy gets off slam dunk. And guess what? Alvin Bragg should be gone. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Larry in Brooklyn. Go ahead, Larry. Line eight, your thoughts. Rita, you know, my thoughts are this. Look, right now there are, there is not a stand-your-ground law. And the law is basically in New York that you're only allowed to use uh, deadly force if confronted with deadly force. So, so probably- Larry, Larry, the guy was a big guy. He was half his age coming at him. You know, I mean, if you see it, he pushed him down. You see it in the video grabbing him. Um, so, I mean, you could say that, you know— what, he was going to choke him or slug him? Like, that could be deadly force. It doesn't, you don't have to have a gun to use deadly force against somebody. The thing is, you are absolutely right, but these these are considered nuances. These nuances are exactly what the jury has to confront. In other words, this guy didn't know if he was, def- if he defended himself physically against this guy, uh, he didn't know whether it would escalate, because as you saw, the woman had a knife. All the woman had to do was hand him the knife, and they'd probably work together. If the woman would hand him the knife, and ultimately, if he defended himself, he would, he would finish him off. So he acted correctly. However, it's a nuance, that the, unfortunately, that the jury has to decide. There's no jury in the world that would convict this guy. However, however the, the initial law enforcement people, under the law as it is, has to do their job. That's why Fernando Mateo is pushing for a better law. We need better criminal laws in New York. It's simple as that. But I don't think this is a case where we where we could really uh, where, where where we could really indict Bragg. Bragg should be gone because of his lack of enforcement. This is not an example of lack of enforcement. Yeah, but he he overcharged. And and Larry, you have the something in the background there. But he first off over. Uh, estimated the bail. I mean, he put $500,000 bail for this guy. He has no criminal history. We're talking about Jose Alba. Second of all, he didn't have to charge him technically. I understand what you're saying. I do agree with you, by the way, that no jury in this country would ever convict this guy. Um, 
but he didn't have to necessarily press charges. He immediately pressed charges through the guy in Rikers um, and then realized, oh, gosh, maybe I should reduce the charges because guess what? The world is seeing my my flaws. You know, the whole world is seeing my mistakes. So, boy, uh, like a little schoolboy, he like reduces the 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 amount of the bail, which uh, he should have done to begin with. And he should have said, I made a mistake. Um, but he didn't have to actually go to the degree of second degree charges. He should have said, we are investigating. We're taking a look at this. We're looking at the video. We're looking at that. What about the fact, Larry? And I want to hear your thoughts. What about the fact that they haven't charged this woman whatsoever? The woman who had the knife and was stabbing the bodega worker after the guy died. It wasn't like he was lunging for her. Uh, what what do you make of that? And and that woman hasn't been charged one iota. How come there's no uh, criteria to charge her? Give me a break, Lair. Well, I'll give you I'll give you one out of two. You're right about the bail charge, but the reason he had to do that is because right now he's focused on homicides, like he said in that interview. And if he if he's not giving African Americans a break on homicides, he certainly isn't going to give a non-African American a break, and that's why he slapped the high bail. Now, as far as the woman goes, uh, to tell you the truth, if, if she if she was if he was in the act of stabbing this other guy, and that's when it depends when she took the knife out. If she took the knife out after Alba uh, took his knife out, then it could it could possibly be considered self-defense because she she he, you know she doesn't know if she was going to be stabbed next. It depends when she took the knife out. I didn't see the video. Yeah, my impression from everything I've heard is that she took it afterwards, after she was angry that he stabbed her boyfriend, the ex-con who was out for assaulting an officer, you know, uh, and after, and again, you see the video. So it didn't, my impression from everything is that he was not lunging at her. She was just stabbing at him because she was angry at that time. She, it was this rage of what you did, you know, and to me, I mean, this, this to me is sheer insanity first off, um, because you see no representation that he was going towards her. There, there, there has never been any account whatsoever that he was going towards her. She was just going towards him. And so th- the whole self-defense activity doesn't, yeah, right. You could say, oh, God, I wondered if, uh, but there's no physical confrontation where he was going after her. And in fact, I mean, my goodness, the fact that to this day, uh, she was really the one that instigated the whole thing. She was trying to rob, apparently, the store, uh, or the daughter was, and then he took the potato chips away from her. And it was like, you know, and uh, and so far, no charges whatsoever from her. Like, it's okay to just stab somebody uh, after your boyfriend basically tried to kill the guy and he defended himself. Uh, I mean, there's there's a lot of issues here, Larry. And, and Bragg didn't have to charge him. He didn't have to. He could have been investigating, said we're going to continue it or put it before a grand jury. That actually would have been smart of him, like put it to somebody, put it to someone else other than his office. It could have helped him. Uh, but this guy has to go. He is just horrible. Let's go to Charles. Line seven. Go ahead, Charles. Your thoughts. Yeah. Hi. Hi. Great show. But I want to say one thing. I find that so far. All the callers, and perhaps you too, Rita, are giving Hoko, in my opinion, a break, a great break. I find Hoko infinitely more guilty than Bragg. Why? Bragg is either insane, so we have to find him a straitjacket, or he believes sincerely in what he believes. But Hoko 
never had the policies, these left-leaning policies, until she became possible, uh, until she took over from Cuomo. So she simply wants power and become governor. So she's because of politics, she's letting people get killed. Not because she idealistically believes. I'm not giving Bragg a break. I mean, he's really sick. But she's much more guilty. She can get solve the problem by getting rid of uh, what you call it. But she's afraid that the Quad and the whole leftist movement will not will stop her from winning. She yeah, because of it. Oh, and she's ab- she's she is absolutely die. playing politics. I agree with you, Charles, that she is absolutely playing politics right now because anybody with you know with half a brain would figure out that this guy has to go and he is destroying the quality of life in New York City. And you're seeing the pattern around the country, too. I mean, the people are fed up. And that that's not, you know, I, I talk to so many people in New York City. And it's not just it's not just Republicans. It's Democrats. It's independents. They just cannot believe it because they don't feel safe. And if you don't feel safe uh, between that and a bad economy, that is a really destructive combination for the quality of life. And people got to feel safe first and foremost. But you're right. She's playing politics. And he's, she's afraid to condemn this guy. And that could very much be her downfall. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. This is The Rita Cosby Show. Love them or leave them. I'll leave them. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jimmy on line one. Jimmy, your thoughts about this whole case that this Jose Alba guy uh, is still dealing with second degree murder and the woman who was stabbing him just kind of randomly afterwards stabbing him uh, has now is now just kind of hanging out. No charges against her, and Alvin Bragg is not budging so far, Jim. Yeah, and it's really interesting that Stanley defends Soros, and Stanley attacks me. This is amazing. Listen, this is a very serious situation. The same left that has us under threat and living in danger in our cities, that's the same left that controls national security and foreign policy. It's the same left. So we are threatened by Russia. China, the terrorists, the drug cartels, we have that threat from without that's also working from within. The same left has us threatened by having crime. They're not soft on crime. They're promoting crime. And Soros funds a group called the, the Revolutionary Communist Party. He, he, he gives money to uh, the, what is a global exchange. That's how it gets laundered. Soros donates money to Global Exchange, which is a tax-exempt group. Global Exchange then disperses that money to other groups, including the Revolutionary Communist Party, who are working in prisons and street gangs because they know if we had war with Russia, China, or something, they want to make sure they have organized violent mobs to come out in the streets to be an internal enemy, sort of a guerrilla force if we ever went to war. Now, they're counting on – if we ever had a, a, a national threat – 
there'd be people out in the street rioting because they could steal TVs. But you have among them the Revolutionary Communist Party to setting the goal of building an internal enemy. In fact, they write in their newspaper about Chicago, you have to quit killing each other, you have to get out of the street and into the revolution. There are better things to fight and die for. So all these random killings, all these crazy gang killing all over the place, imagine if these people get pulled into the revolution and that they do target killings against police, against political leaders, this is a very, very serious threat. A threat and, from and Jimmy, within. and Jimmy, I, I, they are already obviously targeting police. I mean, sadly, look at the defund the police movement and the rhetoric. Um, really, really powerful points because they seem to be wanting this system in so many ways. Thank you so much. Real quick, I want to go to Eric real quick on line three. Eric, real quick. Hey, Eric. Hi, Rita. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, this is unfortunately this is what we you should expect when somebody tells you what exactly what they're going to do. This is restorative justice. This is the way they want us to feel, meaning white people, to feel what they think black people have experienced for the last 250 years with the 1619 project. And by the way, and Eric, you know you're right because Alvin Bragg ran on this restorative justice and he got elected rita cosby is on the rita cosby show presents support our heroes and in tonight's support our heroes segment where we honor the military and their families a powerful story coming out of green ohio where a ceremony honoring Two great World War II veterans took place. Uh, one of them was a guy named Leonardo Giorgio, and he wondered why folks had gone to so much trouble. He said, I did what a lot of the GIs did at that time. I just did the best I could. And for doing his best, Giorgio had a French emissary pin a medal to his jacket lapel during a ceremony at the Air Museum there. Uh, also, the French consul General of the Midwest also presented a medal to another World War II veteran, Walter Stitt. The two men received France's highest honor, the French Legion of Honor. Now, the Legion of Honor was created by Napoleon back in 1802. It presented it is presented to those who have achieved remarkable deeds for France. And on Saturday, Giorgio and Stitt were recognized for their service in the army, fighting to liberate France from the Nazis. For Giorgio, during doing his job meant traveling across Africa, sleeping on the Anzio beachhead in Italy, and going to France. He served as a private first class in the 108th Infantry Regiment of the 45th Infantry Division. The 45th fought in North Africa, Italy, and southern France, and the division liberated the Dachau concentration camp in April 1945 and then captured and occupied Munich, Germany, until VE Day on May 8, 1945. Stitt served as a corporal in the 33rd Armored Regiment of the 3rd Armored Division, and he served as a loader and gunner in Sherman tanks. He was wounded twice as the division battled across France and Belgium into Italy. And how wonderful to see these two great World War II heroes honored for their service and their fight for freedom and recognized by France and the world. How beautiful to see that. I love doing our segment or support our hero segment every night 
uh, because it reminds us that there are great heroes living among us and uh, great American heroes that we can all be so, so proud of. Well, one thing I'm not proud of is when I hear that the president and other people in the White House are playing politics when it comes to the safety and security of our Supreme Court justices. This is just stunning. Things are getting so bad. We talked about the potential assassination attempt that was in the works. Remember, the guy just turned himself in when he saw U.S. Marshals near the house of Brett Kavanaugh, but he was armed. He had guns. He had a knife. He had zip ties. I mean, it's scary stuff. And now there is this group, this left-wing activist group. It's called Shut Down D.C., and they are seeking to hold political figures accountable for their actions and basically putting out a bounty on the head of Supreme Court justices who they don't like, the conservative justices, because of the way that they ruled on the Roe v. Wade decision. Basically, they're saying if you can say where they are, the locations of where justices are at any moment, uh, you could earn up to $200. It's like this money-making scheme and saying, no matter where they are, you let us know. If it turns out that they're at that location, we'll Venmo you uh, 200 bucks. I mean, this to me is really, really scary. You know, putting a price on the head of Supreme Court justices, their whereabouts, And this comes over the weekend where we know that Kavanaugh was at Morton Steakhouse and suddenly protesters showed up all over the front of uh, Morton Steakhouse, disrupting basically the whole area. So much so that Kavanaugh walked out, apparently snuck out of the back door because they were worried if he went through the front door, what might happen to him? I mean, is this where we are in a civilized society? And If you don't like the decision, you go to the voting booth in November. You vote for people who share your values, who have your values. You don't go and antagonize and protest and follow these justices, not only to their homes, but like to their kids' school, their kids' bus stop. To me, this is really scary stuff. So every time the White House is asked about this, no matter how heightened the rhetoric is and how scary and dangerous the situation is getting— They're asked, well, why isn't the DOJ stepping in to protect these justices? What's going on? Why are they not coming out? In fact, the DOJ came out talking about protecting um, abortion rights, but hasn't said anything about protecting the justices. I mean, is that not stunning that they haven't said a single thing about a Supreme Court justice? Uh, Just because it's not their political uh, leaning, they won't say a word? I mean, to me, this is shocking. And so the president there over the weekend, there he is trying to stay up on the bike again. And this is what he had to say when they asked him about these protests, because they're getting downright dangerous. Do you have a message, Mr. President, for women who were protesting outside the White House yesterday? Yes, keep protesting, because keep making your point. It's critically important. We can do a lot of things to accommodate the rights of women in the meantime, but fundamentally, the only thing that's going to change this is if we have a national law that reinstates Roe v. Wade. That's the bottom line. Everything else, we can get pieces of it, and I'm trying to do that. Keep protesting. To me, that is so dangerous, as opposed to they should stop, they should go to the voting booth, and they should be respectful of the judges, the justices, the highest justices in the land, their decision. So Pete Buttigieg was on Fox News Sunday this weekend, and his boyfriend, remember, he's openly gay, transportation secretary, 
the husband, I should say, it's not the boyfriend, they're married now, the husband came out and put out a tweet basically saying that Kavanaugh has no right to privacy whatsoever. Like, too bad. Like, mocking Brett Kavanaugh. And so Pete Buttigieg, who's now the transportation secretary, by the way, very much could be the nomination. He, I, I think he has a probably the best chance to maybe be nominated as the Democratic presidential candidate in 2024. Right now, he's probably the guy to beat if you look at the polls, because I don't know if Joe can make it. Kamala can't get out a sentence. And so Pete is asked about his husband's views and says, isn't this a little over the top? And this is what he has to say. Remember, he is a member of the president's cabinet and administration. He's not just some guy who's off some bus. This guy's the transportation secretary, and he didn't condemn it either. When uh, public officials go into public life, we we should expect two things. One, uh, you should always be free from violence, harassment, and intimidation. And two, you're never going to be free from criticism or peaceful protest, people exercising their First Amendment rights. And that's what happened in this case. Remember, the justice never even came into contact with these protesters, uh, reportedly didn't see or hear them. And these protesters are upset because a right, an important right, that the majority of Americans support was taken away. So they're allowed to stalk justices. They're allowed to show up at restaurants. They're allowed to, what, put a bounty on their head to basically say, wherever they are, we're going to make sure we make their lives so miserable. We're going to get in their faces, basically, like Maxine Waters talked about. Well, Jonathan Turley, constitutional scholar, said this is downright dangerous because this is opening up a cauldron for violence. Take a listen. Who responds to these types of games? I mean, we've been talking about a crisis of mental illness in this country. We've seen it in Uvalde. We've seen it in Highland Park. These are mentally ill people uh, that are also violent. What happens when you create this type of environment? You encourage people to hunt down and confront justices. What percentage of those people are mentally ill? What percentage of them are inclined to take violent action? And when that happens, which of these politicians will step forward and take responsibility for the things they didn't say, for the objections they didn't make? Yeah, unbelievable. And there's a number of people, uh, former DOJ officials, who say that they actually, this administration, if they had any sense of responsibility or decency right now, and weren't playing politics with these justices' lives and others, uh, that they would actually come out and say, you know what, any of you group, first of all, you need to stop this. You need to be civil. Just go to the voting booth if you don't like a particular decision. And second of all, if something gets out of hand, it will be your fault. That's why you need to stop this. But they're not even saying anything. And to me, this is just downright irresponsible and downright dangerous. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Al on line two. Al, your thoughts about this? Yeah, hi, Rita. Uh, you know, Rita, thanks for taking my call. You know, I want to just say, you know, as you know, we live in a dangerous world. We just saw what happened to the former prime minister in Japan. Uh, you know, the, the citizens of Japan are shocked by what happened to their former prime minister uh, being assassinated. Uh, you know, in this country, in the free world, we have a responsibility to protect our executive, our judicial, and our legislative leaders. And fortunately, the Republicans in the Senate, uh, good senators like John Cornyn, uh, 
and hopefully Democrats who've been around for some time and are responsible, uh, they'll have to go around the president with this because if he's going to be a hindrance and not a help, which is pretty obvious, then they're going to have to rise to the occasion and make sure that our judicial leaders are protected. But the problem is, it seems like most of the Democrats are playing politics here, too, and they're not condemning it either. I mean, they're basically saying, well, you know, people have a right to peaceful protest. We don't really like violence, but people have a right to protest and keep it up, basically, is the message. And then you even have people who've gone so far, like Maxine Waters, remember, was like, get in their face. That's what she said. Remember during the Derek Chauvin case, you know, and and so did, you know, you got the vice president who was donating to the Minnesota Freedom Fund during, you know, all those riots. So what message does that send? You know, it was like and they thought they had a lot of success with those riots, although it didn't have any success for American cities. So, you know, that's what scares me is that we've seen this sort of show before, you know, and. And I don't see a lot of Democrats speaking out. They're afraid to. They don't seem to want to go around whatever the White House is. They want that base revved up because guess what? The base is not excited about Joe Biden. He needs anything he can to try to rev up the base. And he's willing to do anything to make that happen. That's what we're learning in the last few days. Al, thank you very much for the call. Great to have you. Let's go to Norm on line one. Norm, your thoughts? Uh Hi, Rita. Yeah, Al stole my thunder here. Yeah. What the hell's wrong with this president? Uh, I mean, after the horrible assassination of ex-Japanese Prime Minister Abe. Yeah, which was, by the way, so horrible. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Biden and the Democrats, they need to tamp down the rhetoric to keep protesting or they're going to have blood on their hands. I mean, that and that's and that's what's going to happen. They're just going to if they're going to keep doing this. I mean, you know, how sad sad is that? Right. And you know what, Norm? Even, obviously, thank goodness the guy turned himself in. But think about what was going on at the guy who showed up outside of Kavanaugh's house not that long ago. I mean, there are already people who are clearly inflamed and clearly revved up. And they're to the point where there was already an attempted assassination attempt. And the guy had lots of stuff on, on him in his backpack. Remember, the guy showed up and just kind of decided when he saw the U.S. Marshals to basically turn himself in. Thank goodness. But, I mean, it's already gotten really bad. And this, to me, is really scary, Norm, that they are not coming out and condemning it. And to me, now that you've got this group, I mean, this is just shocking. Did you ever think we'd be at a point where a group, of course, it's a left-leaning group, no surprise, um, basically saying, hey, if you can tell us the whereabouts of individuals, we'll give you 200 bucks, uh, 50 for a confirmed sighting, 200 if they're still there, 30 minutes after your message is what this group is saying. I mean, this to me is shocking. Yeah, this is this is uh, Antifa craziness. And uh, our president and the Dems are just playing into their hands. And, uh, you know, they don't really – apparently our Democrats they uh, and our president don't care about peace and civil order. They only care about the maintenance of power. And uh, yeah, you're right. And but Norm, what if what if the shoe were on the other foot, Norm? And you know that. Like if it was if it was one of the you know liberal justices, I bet you like the first protester that showed out up outside their house, even if they dressed like Mary Poppins, they would have been kicked off. Oh yeah, oh yeah, big time. Yeah, I mean you know uh, you know if this if this was say um, 
the Proud Boys or any of these people they associate with being right wing, even though I don't really think they are. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they would be arrested and, you know, the Times would really, really care about this stuff and they'd be screaming and yelling. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's unfair. And that's uh, just uh, life in tw- 2022. You yeah, know, this is this <laughs> what we, we have to. We have to we have to deal with this, you know. So yeah, no, they're they're just going to keep this up, keep this up, keep this up. There's not going to be uh, there's not going to be any tamping down of the rhetoric. Well, it's going to it's um, going to be a long few months, Norm. If that's the case, you know, I mean, between you know now and November, and you know, you sit there and you go, this is unbelievable. And if you don't have a leader who has the cojones to say something, you know that that to me is really scary, and it just shows to me of just like you said, how much of it is politics as opposed to principle. Where are the principles? Where's like where are the like dignified people who speak out a country above party? I, I'm not seeing it right now and that really saddens me tremendously. Let's go to Pete. Uh line three. Pete, what do you think? Hi Rita, what an honor to follow Norman. That's my buddy. What and an what honor. Think- what, what an honor for me to have first Norman and then you, Pete. Go ahead. I love it. I love it. Two of <laughs> well, my favorite guys. A, at least we're not in the McDonald's tonight. You know, at least <laughs> That's right. That's right. You called me from the McDonald's like a week or two ago. That's right. That's are you at Morton yeah, are you at are you at Morton's Steakhouse? No, right now I'm sitting in my living room talking to my favorite person on the radio. Oh, Pete, you know how to win my heart, baby. You know. What do you think about Biden, who uh, seems heartless? Listen, this is wrong. To give people's addresses out. You know, years ago, the mob, you know how they used to find somebody? They either had a hookup with a, a mailman. Or somebody that worked for the motor vehicle that owed them money, you know, gambling and stuff. They give them a little extra credit line, and then in turn they would get information. I run it in the uh, post office on a computer or the motor vehicle, and that's how they would find people. Now these justices—they're supposed to be protected. I mean, they—they're—they're uh, appointed, they're appointed, and they are for job for life. They shouldn't have to worry about people coming to their houses that oppose their view. And threaten them. Nobody should be threatened in this country. This is the United States of America. And these people got to get it together because they're taking this country down. I'm not going to say Democrats. I'm going to say communists now. That's what they are. They want to turn this country into a thing where things are for free and cost nobody money. And that's what's attracting these people. Nothing is for free. It's for your dad, my dad, and Norman's dad and mom for freedom for us. Yeah, and you, you know what's interesting, though, Pete? It's also scary because we're at a point where emotions are running so high across America. Um, as someone who had said a little bit ago, you think about all the problems that have happened of late in this country with a lot of the mass shootings, and there are a lot of people that are just, you know, off emotions. People are so emotional about the Roe v. Wade decision, too, as well. And you have a president who is in a leadership position He's supposed to represent all Americans. And his job, first and foremost, is the safety and security of this country, which is why uh, we've talked about on the show a lot, the border. I get so angry that he has kept that border open because that, to me, is such a dereliction of duty. You know, you have to protect the homeland. That is first and foremost. And that open border is so frightening. And then we're looking at this. He is not condemning people who are planning to protest and who knows what else 
uh, to the highest justices in the land. Like you have to treat that sacred and it doesn't matter if they're conservative justices or liberal justices. Uh, that to me is outrageous. I mean, to me, that's a dereliction too, because you're allowing the exposure of these justices to loony kazoonies. I mean, that that we're in a scary place if we don't have a president who has any guts. I mean, half the time I think he doesn't even know where he is. Because remember the other day it was like repeat line, you know. So it's like um, maybe he was looking at a cue card on his bike, and maybe we didn't see it the other day, you know, you know, because it was like. Like, he was able to get that sentence out, you know, but it's like, I think he's sadly, by the way, we'll, and we'll talk about this tomorrow night, he's, I think he is sadly planning to run in 2024. I think he's in such a loony kazoony land that he thinks, and that's why he wants to make sure he does whatever he can in the midterms, and he'll do whatever it takes, and that is really scary. That's a scary place to be. Pete, great call, and following our other buddy, Norman, which I love, too. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. What do you make of Biden and the others? Not saying anything about the threats to the justices. No worry. They're conservative. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. It's The Rita Cosby Show. And we are talking about the threats against Supreme Court justices. Now this crazy group putting out a bounty, basically saying, report their whereabouts and we'll give you X amount of money. I mean, this is really scary. The highest justices in the land. Where are the boundaries of civility? Let's go to Jimmy, line five. Jimmy, your thoughts about this? Well, really good evening. Um, thank you again for your hard work and what you do for us. Um, I think the main thing now is, the latest decisions by this court have diminished the power of the federal government, and they are upset about this. The lack of action upon, you know, the president and his staff to protect the Supreme Court justice's safety is like proof of that. I mean, they can't go by the rule of law, and then they, I mean, which is what they did. They gave the states more freedom, which the people that knew what they knew what they were talking about would be happy about that. Their local uh, government and legislation could. Do what they like, you know, uh, vote for the people who, you know, they believe would help them out in their cause. And, uh, you know, as, uh, with, with with Biden, you know, remember Vinny the Chin Gigante? You know, he acted like he was crazy, but he dressed up in a suit and go out. Yeah. You know, maybe there's a little plausible deniability being set up here by this man. He might be a little sharper than we think. Oh, my God. Well, that that would, by the way. You never know. That would be a surprise. That would, boy, would that be a shocker because he's a good actor if that's the case, Jimmy. Good call, though, Jim. Thank you. Let's go to Dave in Pennsylvania, line four. Go ahead, Dave. Good evening, Maria. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, you know, I think this whole the apathy of the Justice Department and Joe Biden, the way his apathetic response is, it just is more evidence of how much our federal law agencies are become, are more politicized. And honestly, I think that they almost welcome, uh, you know, that they're maybe enabling some leftist unhinged person who will view themselves as a, as a hero may conduct violence. And I think that's they're enabling that and they're OK with that. Um, and and you know what's sad, Dave? I actually agree with you because, I mean, think about also, and I say the summer of love in 2020, which was a summer of hate and rage where they're burning down buildings and everything. They weren't condemning those. 
Um, I still have yet to hear them talk about how bad that was, and businesses are still recuperating all over America after that. Many of them never reopened. They were burned to the ground. People were killed. Um, And that's really sad because, you know what, we got to do what's best for this country. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 